are listening to Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. The message is so clear that even a child can understand it. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Thursday, the 8th day of February, 2024. I love a good cat fight, don't you? The fur tearing, the screaming, the howling, the clawing, the gnashing of teeth. And it's even better when the cat fight happens on The View television program. According to Nick Lanham in Fox News, Whoop-de-doo Goldberg clashed with The View co-host on home ownership under Biden. Go out and get a job is placed in quotes under that headline. The View host Alyssa Farah Griffin was blasted by her fellow moderators on Tuesday for daring to speak the truth. Alyssa Farah Griffin said people are having difficulty purchasing homes in the Biden economy. That's how this article begins. Bidenomics was actually called out by one of the women on The View. During a discussion about the state of the United States economy and its impact on young Americans, the conversation quickly devolved into a debate on the choice between President Biden and former President Trump. After Ms. Farah Griffin said people should not be naive to the potential support Trump could garner in the upcoming election, Joy Behar urged her and other never-Trumpers to simply go out and vote for Biden, no matter what. Ms. Farah Griffin then said the panel cannot pretend that Biden is strong every day when every metric tells them that he's not performing well. And that's the point where whoop-de-doo Goldberg cut her off mid-sentence. Goldberg said, quote, the realities, however, are kids are paying less. Young people are paying less money out to school, and I'm very happy about debt. The panel then began talking over one another when Farrah Griffin shouted, quote, people can't even buy homes in this economy, unquote. Both Whoop-de-doo Goldberg and Hag Behar then claimed that neither of them could afford to buy a home in their youth either. Well, that should be pretty telling. Whoop-de-doo Goldberg then said, That is not the first thing that happened when you come out. You got to go out and get a job. This is how you break it down. I know you're young, but here's what it is. You work and you can afford a house and then you go and you get one. You live in New York City. Can't nobody afford to live there. Then Miss Farrah Griffin clarified that she was not talking about herself personally, noting that she works on The View, but was rather speaking for other young Americans struggling with home ownership in the Bidenomics disastrous economy. The View previously garnered social media backlash for voicing fiery opinions when discussing economic troubles among young people. Back in November, you might recall, Whoop-de-doo Goldberg slammed the work ethic of those coming out of college during a discussion on why millennials today are putting off having cheering. Whoop-de-doo Goldberg said at that time, quote, Every generation comes and wants to be better than their parents did. But I'm sorry, if you only want to work four hours, that's going to be harder for you to get a house. I feel sorry for everybody that feels this but I'm sorry, we busted our behinds. We had to bust our behinds because we didn't have the options of falling back. Farrah Griffin noted statistically, millennials are the first generation who will be worse off financially than their parents. And that's a statistical fact. But then whoop-de-doo Goldberg fired back, quote, you know what? That's what they said to us as well, unquote. 
No one said that to us. My parents worked very hard, long, hard, arduous hours to put us through school, to get us the education that we needed, to provide us with the ability to do better than they did. And I must say, my father was an attorney. He was a lawyer, for God's sake. And comparing dollars in his day to dollars in my day, I'm doing at least three times better than he did financially. Three times. And he was a lawyer, for crying out loud. I think my parents did a great job. Now, I will say that of my three children, one, of course, as you know, passed away three years ago, but of the two surviving children that I have, both are doing as well or way better in the case of my remaining son than I was doing at their ages, respectively. My daughter is 27 years old, owns her own house, drives a nice Lexus, has two motorcycles, a racing hobby that costs quite a bit, and she doesn't ask me for a red cent ever. My son's house is more than twice the square footage of mine, has a brand new RV, a new truck, a new car, and he alone is pulling in six figures, not to mention what his wife pulls in. They're doing very well. So for whoop de doo Goldberg to claim that's what they said to us as well, and what is she, 65, 68 years old, something like that? I'll say this. It's much easier for her to say something stupid like that when she's a multi-millionaire. She doesn't have to struggle and work in her later life to the point that her, I don't even know if she has kids, but other Blafrican Americans in her age group who didn't happen to luck into millions of dollars being an actress and not a very good one at that. All right, let's move on, folks. That's seven minutes of your life you'll never get back. Reading the headlines today from the Deseret News, Washington cannot afford to retreat on immigration. If Congress actually cared about solving the immigration crisis at our southern border, its members would be working to fix what both the left and right wings of each party find objectionable about the bill that was released earlier this week. Instead, both sides are retreating and lobbing verbal grenades against one another, resorting to the old election year tactics of political trench warfare. Solutions are possible, but very few leaders in Washington seem to give a damn to fight for any viable option. I'm going to stop. That was the first two paragraphs of that article, and I'm just going to give you my opinion. We can shut the border. It is easy to do. We have enough military personnel in our military to go down to the southern border and simply turn away every single one, saying, the border is closed. Do not cross or you will be detained and then we will take you back across that border. We will force you back. It can be done. Now, it might be considered inhumane to some to turn away Consuela with her little bambinos, but guess what, my friends? She is crossing willingly, intentionally, deliberately, and purposefully knowing that it's illegal to do so. So she's a criminal. She is automatically a law-breaking trespasser and invader. And our military has a duty to protect our country from all enemies and invaders. That's reality. They take an oath to that for crying out loud. And so do the Congress people, the senators, the president, and the vice president. For a while now, Texas and other states have been sending migrants by bus, airplane, train, and van to northern Democrat-controlled cities that have designated themselves as so-called sanctuaries. 
The author of this article says that's not a solution to the nation's immigration crisis. Yet, those northern Democrats in those cities do not acknowledge that Texas and the other border states face legitimate crises when millions of undocumented immigrants, illegal aliens, continue to flood their borders and enter their territories unlawfully. Those states have to absorb the brunt of the failure of our federal government, both economically and from a criminal standpoint. Border control agents encountered over two and one-half million people crossing illegally into Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California in 2023. Two and a half million are the ones we caught. Five to 15 times two and a half million is what got away that we didn't catch, that we didn't even see. But we know that they are here and those agencies who are supposed to be protecting our border, well, they're just letting it happen. The first attempt to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, the man directly responsible for allowing this invasion to continue, failed by just one vote. I don't understand. Lying to Congress as a government official is an impeachable offense. And Mayorkas lied over and over and over again to Congress, stating the, the border was secure, stating in his official capacity that there is no border crisis, stating in his official capacity false figures and numbers, all impeachable offenses. And yet, lining up behind gropey Joe Biden, doing his bidding with three or four turncoat Republicans in tow, Republicans in name only, they defeated the impeachment against Mayorkas. I sincerely hope these Republicans wake up and realize the man has not done the job that the people need him to do. But using the excuse of our economy sucks in Venezuela or Colombia or Nicaragua or Guatemala or Honduras or Mexico or Colombia or any of these other countries as an excuse to violently break into a nation, to trespass, to invade, to bring with you drugs, diseases, unskilled, uneducated mentalities is not doing this nation any good. But election year politics appears to be more important than any of the issues, and this should be decided decisively. The author of this article says it should be decided through compromises. A Harvard Caps-Harris poll released last month showed that of all the issues we face as Americans, none is more important to Americans than illegal immigration. Even Biden's inflation, the massive, disastrous Bidenomics economy, came in second place. So in this 2024 election year, illegal immigration under Joe Biden is the hot topic. But sadly, as it's been demonstrated since the newly negotiated immigration compromise bill was released, solutions cannot be made in this political spin cycle. Well, the author of this article misnames this as a border control bill. This was a Ukraine funding bill. Even Chuck Schumer admitted that. Even Mitch McConnell, the slowly turning rhino head of the Republican Party in the Senate, said so. And of course, those on the left are trying to blame Donald Trump, who hasn't been in office in over three years, for killing that bill. That's not a border control bill at all. Trump called it a disaster before having seen it, they claim. Mike Lee, the Utah senator, says more time needs to be considered in order to review it. 
It's not an unusual request, considering it is a 370-page long bill that has very, very little to do with border security and a whole lot to do with giving more hush money to Volodymyr Zelensky to keep the Biden crime family crimes a secret. Where is a path forward to a solution that might win support from both Democrats and Republicans? In this election year, that seems to be a lost cause. So here's my proposal, and this is what I sincerely hope you will do. Take a few moments today and write a letter to your representative in Congress. Whether it's your Democrat representative or your Republican representative, it does not matter. The border on the United States with Mexico is wide open, despite what Alejandro Mayorkas has lied to you, to Congress, and to the President about. It is wide open, and over two and a half million people crossing illegally last year that we caught is proof that it is wide open. Write a letter, an email. Put a letter in an envelope. By God, spend a dollar for a stamp or whatever the hell stamps cost these days. I know it's damn near a dollar. Used to be a nickel when I was a young boy, but that's irrelevant. Write a letter and say, if you truly care about the sovereignty of the United States of America and your duty as a representative in Congress for the American people, send a bill forward that addresses the border and only the border without all the other fluff and bullshit and pork and let it be an up and down vote. We want to send resources to control illegal immigration at the border. Don't say build a wall, that'll piss off the Democrats. Don't say roll out the red carpet, that'll piss off the Republicans. Simply write a bill demanding, requiring, mandating that we control the southern border. Whether it's with a big giant wall, whether it's with electric wire fencing, whether it's lining up kumbaya members of the U.S. military with M16s and rubber bullets all along the entire 2,000 mile length of the southern border is irrelevant. A single bill to control the United States southern border and stop illegal immigration should be sent forward. Now, you want to help Israel? You send a separate bill discussing Israel and only Israel. It'll be an up and down vote. You either vote for it or you vote against it. You want to support the Ukraine? Not even an ally of the United States of America? Not a member of NATO? You want to send my tax money over to the Ukraine? Send a bill to Congress saying, this is what we want to send to Ukraine. Yes or no? You vote it up or you vote it down, but that is what you do. You want to support Palestine and send some humanitarian aid over there, which you damn well know is going to end up in the hands of Hamas? You put it to a vote. A single bill. Should we send blank number of nickels to Palestine? Yes or no? Put it to a vote. Don't create one giant 370 page long bill that includes a little bit for the border, a whole hell of a lot for the Ukraine, some for Israel, and even some for Israel's sworn enemy, Hamas, and a bridge in this county, and a road repair in that county, and a courthouse to be named after some Blafrican-American 13% hyphenated minority activist. That's bullshit. That's not how you do things. At least that's not the way it was designed to be done. The Founding Fathers are turning over in their graves, my Truth Hurts program listeners. Do you think that George Washington ever, as president, said, Hey, Congress, send me a bill to build a bridge. Oh, and also um, to give some seeds to Farmer Jones because he's a senator in this state and, and to send a plow over to this guy's district so they can plow a road. No, 
If he wanted something, he said, send me a bill for this item, yes or no. Then send me a bill for that plow, yes or no. And then send me a bill to do this or that or the other. Each item should stand on its own. These omnibus bills, all of these stupid things that are all-encompassing, they are non-starters in my opinion. Speaker of the House, Republican representative from Louisiana, Mike Johnson, declared that bill dead on arrival in the House, and several representatives suggested Congress should pivot away from that specific proposal because it lacks support. But where is the path forward? I just gave it to you, my friends. Fix it now. Send a bill to discuss the number one issue on Americans' minds today. The number one issue, as we just talked about, a vast, overwhelming majority of Americans say it is our southern border crisis created by Biden, exacerbated by Mayorkas, laughed and scoffed about by Camel Toe Harris, who, by the way, I'll talk to you about in just a moment. She's funny. Send a bill discussing the most important issue facing Americans, and that is illegal immigration. Send it forward. It'll either pass or it won't. But by golly, at that point in time, we will know what every single member of Congress feels about the wide-open, porous border allowing millions of illegals to illegally, criminally invade the United States of America. Hey, you're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Camel Toe Harris, the vice president under gropey Joe Biden, another failed Democratic Party politician who has done absolutely no good for the country and has done actually quite a lot of bad to the country, is out on the campaign trail right now lying to you just like her boss, just like Mr. Biden is doing. She is claiming that Bidenomics is positive and has helped the economy. She even made the mistake of saying, look, it's working. We're bringing inflation down. But here's the only problem with that. The inflation was brought up by Joe Biden, by Bidenomics, by Biden's economic policies. The reason inflation was so damned high since Biden took office is because Biden's policies were disastrous for America. High inflation rates, high interest rates. We did go through a recession. They're going to deny it because they changed the definition of recession just for Joe Biden. We were in a recession for seven straight months. The economy, despite high prices, was in decline. And how the hell do you do that? That's like the definition of burning rubber in reverse to try and go forward. It just doesn't work. Anyway, Harris is out there lying to people ahead of the South Carolina primaries. And I sincerely hope that Biden has poor numbers. And on the Republican side, Nikki Haley gets her walking papers. She gets shown up in her own home state. And what an embarrassment that will be. I'm not hearing anything at all about Nikki Haley in the news. Not very much even on Fox News. So we'll have to see what happens in the South Carolina primary. All right, let's move back to the President of the United States, Gropey Joe Biden. I know I played this selection for you yesterday, but it's worth repeating. I want you to listen to 38 seconds of Joe Biden as he talks about what he thinks is even more important than our own southern border, and that's the Israel-Hamas war, which, look, Israel is our ally. We need to send them all the support we can. Hamas is a terrorist organization. We need to help Israel defeat that terrorist organization in any way possible. I get it. And this is such an important issue to Joe Biden that he forgot the name of the terrorist organization 
that cowardly attacked and killed 1,200 or more Israeli citizens back earlier this year needs to be wiped out from the face of the earth. But Biden can't even remember the name of the terrorist organization. The question of American power. It all goes to, was America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. That is your president, my friends. Unable to even remember the name of one of only four major terrorist organizations on planet Earth. The president is not all there, my friends, and yet people keep on saying that he is lucid and capable of thought and capable of putting together two sentences without a teleprompter. You just saw, or heard rather, the audio portion of a video where a very confused President Biden, reading from a teleprompter, cue cards, probably an earpiece telling him what to say in his ear, and he was unable to formulate three sentences, even with a teleprompter. And then he even failed to remember the name Hamas. I'll name them for you. You have Hamas to the south of Israel. You have Hezbollah to the north of Israel. You have the Taliban, and he should remember them. He gave away an entire nation of Afghanistan to those people. And we have ISIS. Those are the big four. We can talk about Mexican drug cartels. We can talk about other smaller terrorist organizations in the world. But those are the big four. And if you're the president of the United States of America, you should pretty well know by heart the names of the four largest terror groups that threaten our existence as a nation, that threaten our allies' existence as free nations. You should, but he cannot. And that is more and more evident each and every day that this guy remains in office. But that's not his only gaffe. This week, Joe Biden said the following in regards to Donald Trump wanting to debate President Biden. On Monday, Biden told reporters he understands why Trump wants to debate them. Because Joe Biden says Donald Trump has time on his hands. Donald Trump called for a debate against Biden during a radio interview on the Dan Bongino show. Trump said, I'd like to debate him now because we should debate. Trump added, it's for the good of the country for the two to debate. Biden then told reporters in Nevada, if I were him, I wanted to debate me too. He's got nothing else to do. What do you mean? He's got nothing else to do. Trump then called for 10 debates, which is probably what you should have. Open debates between two political leaders, two people on opposite sides of the political spectrum. That's what you should have in a free, open democracy. But Biden does not want to debate Donald Trump because he knows doing so would be a disaster. Take a listen to your president, by the way, and you can barely make out what he's mumbling. Mr. President, Donald Trump is ready to debate him right now. Do you I'd want him to debate me too. He's got nothing else to do. 
What do you have to do except drink a smoothie and go back to your basement while the people who pull your strings run the nation into the ground on your behalf? I can just about guarantee there will be no debating between Donald Trump and Joe Biden because Joe Biden, despite however much Adderall they give him, despite however much they coach him on how to answer questions, in a debate there should be no teleprompters, no cue cards, there should just be two people debating the issues of making America great again on the part of Donald Trump or continuing to destroy America on the part of Joe Biden. There will be no debate between these two men because the Democratic political machine would never allow it. A poll reveals Joe Biden's voter approval is the lowest amongst recent incumbents in our nation's history. We know about that. Biden's waning appeal, young, black, and Hispanic voter support slips away. Matthew Andrews penned that in the well-tuned finances publication. Kirby, John Kirby, apologizes for the Biden administration lying about warning the Iraqi government ahead of airstrikes. This is a good one. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby apologized on Tuesday for falsely claiming last week that Iraqi officials were notified before a series of coordinated airstrikes. Kirby initially claimed last Friday that the bombing of targets related to Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps inside Iraqi borders was communicated to national leaders in that country beforehand. He was then forced to retract the claim, because it was a lie, after the State Department Deputy Spokesman Vidant Patel confirmed the statement was not accurate and that Iraqi leaders were not informed until after the strikes. The Biden administration lying machine continues to operate. Fox News' Lindsey Cornick writes, Biden blasted for claiming abortion for three trimesters is not on demand. Does Biden think there's a fourth trimester? The Western Journal writes, 14 Republican governors defy Biden and move to send him a loud and clear message at the southern border. Greg Abbott welcomed 13 other Republican governors to his state over the weekend to send the Biden administration a message that those governors will work together to protect the border since Biden and the White House refused to do so. Megyn Kelly says recent polling numbers are devastating for Joe Biden. I agree. This next article is no surprise, but it is kind of shocking. $340 million in federal COVID aid was turned into cash transfers that subsidized illegal immigration. A shocking new report found that hundreds of millions of your tax dollars earmarked to help struggling Americans through COVID were instead handed out to illegal immigrants in Washington state. $340 million was taken out of the state coronavirus state and local fiscal recovery fund, a federal aid program, and was handed out to illegal immigrants in the form of $1,000 checks. According to a report filed by the Economic Policy Innovation Center, Washington state received $4.4 billion in COVID relief funding and set aside $340 million of that so that illegals could dip their hands into the funds despite being legally ineligible to receive any federal COVID aid. And if you think it's just happening in Washington state, my friends, trust me, it was happening everywhere. Biden administration welcomes illegals in and then finds ways to pay them with our tax dollars just so that hopefully in the future, they will all vote Democrat. Biden said he had to hold his Irish temper as he raged at Donald Hoover Trump in a fiery campaign speech. 
Joe Biden told a group of donors in his re-election bid on Sunday that the mere thought of Donald Trump's callous attitude towards the nation's military veterans and honored war dead forces him to spend extra energy to keep his anger in check. No president in recent history has done more to help veterans and honor veterans than Donald J. Trump. Joe Biden is a disaster to veterans, to veterans groups, unbelievable. A bill will block Biden from delivering the State of the Union address unless a budget is put forward. We talked about that the other day. Biden administration removes green card application fees for select individuals, making it even easier and cheaper for them to come here and lie and try to claim asylum. And let's see, a couple other headlines for you. Biden campaign co-chair knocks the president and other Democrats over the border, saying it's a strategic mistake. And there's so damned many more headlines I wanted to talk about, but time was not on my side for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. So you go out there and have a terrific Thursday. I, this Saturday, will be in Lockport, Louisiana, down in Bayou Country with the old green pickle Volkswagen classic vintage bus handing out all of those Mardi Gras parade goodies that everyone knows and loves. That's in the morning. And then I'll be traveling to Kenner, Louisiana to handle the ISIS parade. We're gonna be one of the lead units I believe in both parades, vintage Volkswagens. Come on out, say hi. If you see the green bus with the flashing purple, green, and gold police lights, you'll know it's Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye now. Opinions expressed on this program are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend, co-worker, family member, or someone with whom you disagree. If you don't like what you hear, then perhaps you should find another podcast, because we speak the truth here on the Truth Hurts program.